0: Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to Catholic Cafe, I'm Deacon Jeff. I knew you were
1: going to do that, we got to turn your mic off for the intro. <laughs> Sorry Folks. about that. Old
0: habits <laughs> die right, hard. That's right.
1: Welcome <laughs> back to The Pew. <laughs> it is me, your host, John. And today, obviously, I am with and my guest host, Deacon Jeff Rezinski. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. Can you tell? Uh, yeah. I'm just thrilled A little excited Got A big smile on my face Jumping the uh, figurative gun <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad you're here, Victor You know, we had that 90s trivia night the other night And I think he's trying to unpop all of his polo collars he had up for the, <laughs> That's that what he's doing For the trivia night So yeah. he's out and, No, uh, I thought
0: he'd gone to a workshop uh, Like a hula workshop it Have was, you ever Yeah, it's called Hula Away the Stress That's right I think it's a really cool thing It's the latest thing
1: Actually, he's a Thomas Merton cosplay uh, convention so, is what it is That
0: sounds more like him <laughs>
1: So no, he is. Uh, daughter Ella had a basketball game in a tournament, and they've made it to, you know, the further in the round, so he couldn't make it. But he is a dad, and yep. he's
0: doing the dad thing. That's, that's awesome.
1: right. Yeah. He, and, and you know, Victor, he's so apologetic, too. He's like, man, I'm so sorry. And I know this, I hope this didn't ruin your universe and y- the rest of your life. And I'm like, dude, go be a dad. It's fine.
0: And I know you saying, like, yes, it does, but it's okay. You well, go and go I ahead.
1: know I have a gym, like, <laughs> over here on the side in you that's like, waiting, you know, ready to pop in and help. So glad you're here. Um, folks, first of all, I want to, before we jump in the show, I want to just bring up again that we're getting closer every day to this studio we're building on our house. I was watching them today. They're getting all the um, plywood and all that stuff up. It won't be long before they roof it and then move to the inside. They're hoping to have all of this done by either late March or the 1st of April, and that means that it will be time to equip the studio, to get in there and start building out what we're going to have. And you know, I received a list. Matt frad has got Neil um, that, it, that works all of his stuff, has given us a list of equipment. He's helping us out with that. And it's expensive. Oh my gosh, it's (laughs) expensive. Yeah, you did this in your previous life before you were a full time deacon. Oh my gosh, Uh,
0: for whatever reason, like in our business, like we would use clothespins all the time. You know, hang laundry with. Oh sure, yeah. They're clothespins. They're little wooden, but we called them. Was it just smelly in there? No, no, no. no, But but we'd use them to hang like gels up on the lights and things like that. Right. But they called them C forty sevens. Oh wow. Well, because they were more expensive. If it was for video, it'd be like twenty dollars. But. You go to the dollar store and grab. <laughs> you get like fifty members. of them for a yeah, dollar.
1: that's right. Well, that's what I'm starting to find out. We're going to have multiple cameras and mics and lighting, and of course we have to furnish it and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm just asking for folks out there that enjoy the show and you want to see us do more because that's the purpose of this. We're going to grow our YouTube channel. We're going to start doing a lot of live things on there. We're going to have more guests in. People have really talked about how they enjoy the interviews that we do. So we're going to have in-house guests because we're bringing people into Memphis to speak. So we're going to have a lot more of that. It's going to allow us to do the training videos for the men's leadership stuff. We're doing and going in training groups. So it's a, it's going to allow us to really take the ministry to the next level. This is something that, like, if you're well. looking
0: for something to do, and everyone's like, like, what can I do? What, sure. How can I help this particular ministry? John's got such a great ministry, and the thing is, you can help. but yeah. right? You can. This is like if you want to have your name or the name of a loved one on the microphone. Sure, <laughs> that's know, right. This is your chance. It's like being a producer of the
1: show in all actuality. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's contributing to the cause. So. You know, help us to do that because this equipment's going to cost anywhere between fifteen and $20,000. Yeah. And, you know, we, we're hoping to get it raised so we can start uh, immediately with, with equipping this place and and getting everything going. So if you want to contribute to that, you can do that by going to donorbox.org pew. You can give online there. You can become a monthly donor if you want, or if you want to do a one-time, however you feel the Lord is leading you. Uh, we just want to say thank you for anybody who does because it's going to help us to take uh, this ministry to the next level. What's the so, Web address again it is donorbox.org slash pew or Or you can go straight to just a guy on the pew.com and you can see support up there in the top and you can give there too uh the next thing i want to mention is the parish missions we are booked up now through april the first week of april with parish missions and a couple of men's retreats but guys i just keep getting emails from these leaders of the groups that we've started that keep talking about how much this has changed the men in their parish that guys are becoming better husbands and fathers the priests are, are, you know, emailing in and just telling us how much change they're seeing. And now women are being inspired to start groups if they don't have something there. It's making a lasting impact in a parish. It's starting to grow fruit, and it's the fruit that lasts. Mm. And that's what we want to continue to do. We're, you know, we want to go and not only just start groups, but teach men to actually lead. That is something that never really happens in ministry a lot is, is we have boxes and we have programs and, you know, easy bake oven type stuff, yeah. but we don't really ever teach somebody how to use the things that we provide. And so that's what we're doing is teaching a guy that has that fire that's been asked by the Lord, maybe to go and lead other men, give him the sport he needs to be able to do that. Yeah. So if you're interested start in starting a vibrant men's group, a place where men can be themselves where they can be authentic where they can leave all the mask at the door and maybe it's the only place they can be real that, like be themselves in the world you know in their life at the time then that's what we're wanting to start and it's through that where Jesus starts to open hearts he starts to catechize and people start to change
0: and i suppose if you're listening and you're one of those guys that that you're missing that in your life mm-hmm. you want one like that sure and you didn't think that like i like, well, I got, there's a couple of groups around here, but they're not like that. Sure. It's like, well, this is your opportunity to help that
1: happen. Right. Yeah. That's some of the, the, the groups we started already have been guys that have listened to the podcast and have gone to their priest and, and given them the podcast or talked to them about starting a group. And in fact, two of the ones we started already have been that way. So don't ever underestimate what God's calling you to. And that's what I'm saying here is we'll provide the help that you need. If you have the yes, we'll help you get comfortable to where you can lead a group and start to change things in your parish. So, last thing to say, narrow road, still 50% off in your first month. You can sign up for that by going to justaguyonthepew.com and clicking the narrow road. We've got three months coming up. The next three months are hope in February, then obedience, and then prudence. So, we're continuing to work through those virtues, and it's continuing to help guys build the habits of change in their lives. So, again, you can find that at justaguyonthepew.com. You can do the Pierce missions and book me by going to justaguyonthepew.com to the book me page as well. So, Deacon Jeff, you know you were in here last week. Victor was on the mic, but you were in here. Um, we started a three-part series called Be- "Becoming a Disciple," and that was all from Mark four one through. Or excuse me, Mark one fourteen through twenty. Now, that was a reading where it talks about John's being arrested and Jesus starts to come into Galilee. This is when he begins to start preaching the gospel of God and saying that time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And he says three things: two in this part, and then one following it. He says, repent and believe in the gospel. And then he goes and he passes by the Sea of Galilee and he sees Simon and Andrew and he says, follow me. And so when you look at this and so many people ask all the time, what does it mean, how do I become a disciple? Well, Jesus tells us right here in three ways. This is how you become a disciple. It seems simple. But it's the truth, you repent. And we talked about that last week. The difference between regret of the things we've done in our life and true repentance. Wanting to change, wanting to turn from those things and start a new life. That's what we have to do first and foremost is say, I want you in my life. Mm. You may not even know what that means, but I I don't want to be the person I have been anymore. I don't want to fall to these repetitive sins. I don't want to be stuck in the same place I've been. So therefore I'm repenting, I am announcing that I want to change through humility and, and vulnerability. So now we move into part two, which is believe. That's what he says next is we have to believe. And there's three parts to this. I mean, it's a three-part, three-parter. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's it's really where do we start in that? And, and first of all, I mean, it's going to sound pretty simple and pretty dumb, but you have to start believing. <laughs> you know, you can't just repent and say, I'm done, because you haven't really changed anything. Maybe you stopped some things, but you have to fill that void in your life. It would be like if I said in the jail cell, I'm not gonna do drugs and drink anymore, but I went home and I was still the j- same jerk and the same lackluster husband and father I was before. There had to be a change. So we have to start believing that repentance is just the beginning of the process. And that's when we have to start the the process of conversion. You know, that means that we have to start really trying to trust who Jesus is, and this is the hard part about believing, is that you've heard things about Jesus, people presented things to you in your life, but you have to actually start believing it yourself. And the only way you can do that is to begin to step out and start to trust. You have to take ownership. Yeah.
0: Right? You. you everyone knows and they'll say things like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Catholic. I'm, you know, <laughs> they'll raise their hand and and, and, and and they'll think in their minds like, well, if I'm going to mass uh, or if I read my Bible or whatever, that, that, then I qualify as – but mm-hmm. those things don't matter. You right. I mean, hear that those things do not matter if you don't believe, That's right? right? just, you're wasting everybody's time, right? Sure. And I am going to say that those people are struggling with their faith, that reading the Bible is a good way to kind of discover and going to mass is a good way to kind of discover in that sort of supernatural way, mm-hmm. you know, when you encounter God in those things. So I'm not saying that something's not happening anyway. Sure. I'm just saying that, um the the point you're making about well you know what if you want to believe start believing yeah that's right, right. <laughs> that, you, that you have got to be different on day two than that, you were on day one
1: that's right if you're
0: not different then you don't really believe yeah right if you haven't changed if there's not some kind of metanoia some kind of uh different John a new John like mm-hmm. who's the new John sure right <laughs> think about that because you know like all the there's a lot of great things that happen uh in the church and in church history mm-hmm. I mean Saul became Paul. Yeah. Simon became Peter, and and really that's like not just a new name. It's because you're a new creation. You're you're somebody new. Why? Because you believe. When you believe, God changes your name.
1: Yeah, and that name signifies that transformation. And once you start believing, in the words of Journey, don't stop believing. Yeah. <laughs> but, I can't sing that high, <laughs> but you know a great example of this. While you were talking, I was thinking about this. You know, I go to a daily mass at my kid's school every day, and some days, you know, the kids are in there. A couple days they aren't, but for the most part, the kids are in there. And I remember going to an Episcopal school when I was a kid, not because I was Episcopal. Right. It was because we lived in a part of town where it wasn't the the city school wasn't a very good option as far as safety and everything else. So my parents paid to go to this private school in the neighborhood. And I remember being Baptist, you know, and and, and all the things that were going on in the Episcopal Church, the the communion, all these things. Like I remember going like I don't I don't I'm here, but I don't believe in any of this stuff that they're doing. You know, and oftentimes I like, I look now and I see kids that I know aren't Catholic and their parents are just sending them there because it's a safe, good place where they get an education and the kids are just kind of going through the motions and that's what can happen in our life too. You know, we do the same things if we're just going to mass because my parents did or because, you know, I want my kids to maybe have some semblance of morality. And so that's why I go and we don't own that ourselves. As you right. said, we don't take ownership of that faith. So we have to really start trusting. You have to step out there and go. You know what? I don't know what this means. And I remember being freaked out in that jail cell, not just because I was in jail, but because there was. <laughs> if that, I didn't as know, if that wasn't enough. Right. I didn't know what to do next. Right. It's like, what's the next step? And and literally, I just said, I don't know what this means really anymore. But I I, I give you my life. Like I I'll do what you want me to do. Right. And in that moment you, you sort of surrender a little bit and it opens up that door for Jesus to really do things in your life that you can't do yourself. So we've said we've said words like trust, change,
0: surrender. And that yeah. was a big word you just said surrender. Sure. And I guarantee that the day you got out of that jail experience, mm-hmm. right, was it was a new John. It was. Well, we, we see it now, mm-hmm. right? And it's kind of stuck and that's good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it but it's a different John.
1: Yeah. It completely is. And you just had to, I, I always look back at that experience. Like when I walked out of that, out of that you know jail, totally out, not just the cell, but out of it. Like I remember looking around after I saw my dad and I looked back at that building and I was like, this just can't be me anymore. Yeah. Like this, I'm not coming back here. This is, I'm not going to be in this place in my life anymore. And that's when I had to just start trusting Jesus with everything, with you know the the healing with Angela, with what work would do, what other people would think, right. all of that. Just had to start trusting and surrendering. So once you have started that piece, there's a second process to it, and it's really growing your belief. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, I do believe in Jesus," and you go, "Okay, well, what does that mean?" Well, I believe that He's God, or I believe He is who He says He is. But we have to start seeking that intimate knowledge of Jesus, right? We can't just you know, read the the, you know, Christianity for Dummies Cliff Notes and then and let that be the extent extent of our faith. We have to start doing the work on our end. And it's just like anything else. When you, you know, when you decide you like a girl, you know, you want to start dating her and you want to start knowing her and you want to know what makes her happy and and what she likes and all of those things. And it's the same thing with our relationship with Jesus. Once we start to believe that he is the answer to our life, the answer to our problems, then we have to start Getting to know that answer better, right? We have to spend our time growing and knowing him. So, you know, we have to start seeking truth. And that's the problem in the world today is there's a million truths. Everybody has their own truth. Relativism right. reigns supreme today. So when we start to believe, we have to say, okay, what is it that I'm believing in? Yeah. Right? I mean, what is what is Jesus about? Okay, he's the son of God. He died. He was resurrected. But what was he about what is this faith about? What am I how am I supposed to live when I when I love Jesus and I believe in him? So that's what we have to start seeking is this knowledge of who he is so that we can build a relationship with him. And we do this through prayer, through spending time with him in the scriptures and through you know, frequenting the sacraments, doing things like adoration, just being present to him and making him a priority in our life that he wasn't before. I love I
0: love the idea of just Looking at that like this growing, but seeing it as going deeper. Yeah, amen. Right? I just I, the idea of going deeper, and you start thinking about. Thing, what what are things that are mysterious in our world? Like, the, we don't even know how deep the ocean is in some sure. places. Right? There's some kind of... And then there's weird creatures down there and, and stuff we have no idea. And, and and there's some of it that could be scary, but the reality is there's something that fascinates us mm-hmm. about, like, going deeper, about figuring out more. And that deeper can be also deeper into space. And we have all these... Uh, we, we either have microscopes or telescopes. That's right. Right? We're <laughs> always looking to the extremes. Oh, but wow. through, some of mm-hmm. that is beautiful in the fact that we're actually what are we doing? We're seeking eternity, right? We're seeking supernatural. We're looking for something beyond who we are. And that's really about going deeper because if we stick on the surface level, you don't discover anything there's nothing there's nothing that gets you fired up
1: yeah there's no you're passion the, you're right yeah. there's no
0: passion at all and so you're just you basically which leads me to the next thought I had when you were talking about this this growing is how many times in scriptures do we see an illustration like where Jesus talks about something withering on the vine oh yeah right <laughs> when we we're talking about grapes or olives or whatever that you know we we see life Right, but that life can wither on the vine yeah. if it's not cared for, if it's not fed, if it doesn't continue to grow. If it's
1: not watered, yeah.
0: Right. So if you if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, if you don't have that kind of growth, if you're not seeking opportunities to in, to in, increase the growth, to make it more profound, if you're not going deeper, you're going to die. Yeah, you're going to wither on the vine.
1: That's exactly. You're going to be like the seed that's burnt in the sun, right? When they yes. spread the seed and all of that. Yeah, it, and, and looking back again, and I didn't even mean to talk about my conversion story when we planned this episode, but looking back at it, that was the first night after I came home, you know, when Angela let me come home, and even though she we weren't sleeping in the same bed, obviously she was hurt, you know, and, and I read some book, that Father Larry book that night that was Be a Man, and it opened my eyes to what you need to start doing to be a man, but then it was just this hunger, like I wanted to know this person that had allowed this opportunity for change in my life and so every day i started reading the scriptures and praying and, and then i read i had probably 45 to 50 catholic books in my in the first year just because i was insatiable i wanted to know more and more and more this deeper you're talking about and and i mean jesus even tells the disciples cast your net your nets out deep yeah right don't don't throw it on the surface throw it out there deep and it's what we're supposed to do in our own lives like you're saying is is we're not we you know, conversion belief is an ongoing process. You know, conversion isn't a one-time thing. It's not, I'm baptized and I'm good. I'm right. confirmed. You don't, and don't I'm graduate good. into right. Christianity, right? You, you graduate when you get to those dates, those gates and they let you in. That's right. right. That's the graduation. <laughs> the rest of your life is meant to, to be spent growing because we're always changing. God needs us to do different things in our life. And so we've got to seek what that means and grow in that relationship. And the only way you do that is to seek counsel to seek conversation and we do that in so many different ways mm-hmm. that's why i'm always talking about like when you read the scriptures are you reading it to ask god what does this mean in my life yeah or are we just saying like i got to read this before i get to mass so i have some semblance of what these homily is going to be about are we really doing it to say lord like what are you speak it into my life today because that's where that starts to take action and where you start to change now the third piece i would talk about here is and this is the most important part about belief is it's gotta move from the head to the heart. You know, the problem is- I've heard that expression so many times. Right. right. And
0: it's like, so what does that mean? What does it mean from going from the head to the heart?
1: Well, it's honestly where change takes place. So we can know everything in the world about Jesus, right? You can can sit there and memorize everything you want. When you're reading scriptures, oh, this is when he walked on water. Oh, this is when he healed the the paralytic. Oh, this is when he uh, changed water into wine. And that's the extent of it. You're the guy that knows the scriptures. But do you know what they mean? Yeah. Do you know what he's trying to say to you, to you through it or other people? The part. This is a problem with a lot of of Catholics and Christians today. Is we know surface level about Jesus and we know the facts and we can quote saints and we can you know quote bishops and and writings of these great people like Aquinas or or mm-hmm. uh, Augustine. But if we don't move that knowledge from our head to our heart and say, what does this actually mean? then we're a lot of smart people that don't really get it. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's where we see a lot of people in the faith is, is we want to be learned. And that's great. Nobody's knocking that at all. You know, I just spent five minutes talking about how we need to grow in our knowledge so that we can believe. But it has to be moved to our heart. That is where our relationship with God resides is in that heart. That's where you start to get the passion you're talking about that's missing from people is when I allow this to soak in and say I'm not just going to believe this with my mind. I'm going to believe this with all of my heart. And when you start believing with your heart, it starts to change you, and it starts to inform everything that you do. You start living with that heart of a disciple, and, and it's you effective. grow, and yeah. you grow
0: in your belief, and you start to trust more, and and, and, and it's like all those, then all three of those little pieces of belief
1: start to enliven each other, right? And that's you, powerful. And you see it in the examples in the Bible, like you look at the woman that was hemorrhaging right forever, and then she says, "If I could just basically touch his garment, yeah, I'll be healed." That's belief in your heart. Like I no longer think up here that Jesus is God and might be able to do something. I believe so much I'm willing to get on my knees and crawl through a crowd and grab the hem of his coat because I know it will, or of his to, uh, tunic or whatever it is. Yes, and and he'll be, I'll be healed. You know, Jesus even asked some of the people, like the the blind uh, beggar, "Do you believe I can do this?" And he wholeheartedly, "Yes, yes, yes. I believe it." And Jesus transforms him. He changes it. He says, because of your faith, you are healed. Right. Because of your faith. Well, what is faith? Faith is belief lived out. Yeah. That's what it is. Amen. And so through all of this, you start to see that, man, when I move it to my heart and I start to act on it, because we can have all kind of knowledge in the world. Like I know exercising is going to make me healthier. How many people don't act on that knowledge? Right. You know, I, I know that. That um, you know, brushing my teeth every day is going to keep me from right. having cavities. Yeah,
0: you can. I you mean, know? there's there's things that you that that are even more removed. Like I know what day of the week it is. Sure. <laughs> right. I, I know what time it is. Yeah. Right. I, I love to um, help people see that word "know" and how important it is. Hmm. Right. Yeah. By going back, you remember back in the schoolyard when you'd make fun of somebody knew somebody in the biblical sense. Yeah, sure. Right. You know what that means, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when Adam knew Eve, that's what sure. the Bible says. When Adam <laughs> knew Eve a baby was born, sure. right? When Abram knew Sarah, a baby was born. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking like, well, what does the Bible mean with that word know, to know? Sure, And it's really not about like, sexual relations. It's really about an intimate relationship.
1: Yeah, intimate relationship. So
0: you've got to have an intimate relationship. You got to know Jesus, Jesus and Jesus even himself. says, when people come to you on that great and terrible day, I'm going to depart from me. You evil. I, I, I never, never knew, knew you. you. Yep. It's like, I what does that mean? But Jesus, we talked to you. Remember I, I got your autograph that day. Yeah. I, I I introduced my cousin, Ned, who was standing next to me. And it's like, that's not knowing Jesus. Sure, He has to know you, you know him and have an intimate relationship, a unique relationship, Intimate, beautiful, life-giving relationship. Yeah, that's that's exactly powerful. Right.
1: That's exactly right, and that's you know to your point. What those people say is, I, but we did this, but we did this, right. but we did this, and it's all the things that Jesus he told us well to said, do. You don't believe that are good. <laughs> you don't right? believe you're just trying to impress me. That's right. <laughs> But the thing is, they were doing good things that he yeah. asked him to do. But what was missing? I never knew you. My I head? I never
0: knew you. It was stuck in the head and it never got to the heart.
1: That's right. You can. I mean, I can make my 12-year-old son go box up all the food in the world at Catholic Charities with me. I can make my son go serve the homeless in another way. I can make my son altar serve all the time. But until he starts believing that what he's doing is to serve the Lord because he loves him and he wants to know him better, it's not going to affect any change in his life. Right. And it's the same thing for us as adults. We have to stop just knowing about our faith and start loving and living our faith every day. And we're going to talk about that more next week when we get to follow. Like, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Because that's the next thing he says is, hey guys, follow me. And they drop their nets and follow him. That's the next thing coming up. But it's because they believed in what he could do. If you look at that particular thing, it's not in the gospel of Mark, but part of the reason that Peter believed him is because he told him to throw his nets on the other side of the boat and he yeah. pulled in more fish than he ever had in his life. Right. So again, when we start to believe and we start to seek that knowledge, then it moves from the head to the heart and then we want to follow Jesus. Just like everybody that he ever did anything for that truly understood who he was and what he could do for him, they wanted to follow him with their whole heart. They wanted to believe. And so that's what we're talking about here. We, we have to repent first and foremost to recap from last week. You have to look at what's bad in your life, what you're doing, where you are, how you got there and say I don't want this anymore.
0: If you don't re- if you don't repent, you really can't believe.
1: Right, that's right. I mean, that
0: really that's a, that's, a, that's kind of like that's a, that's a showstopper. That's yeah. a game stopper. Well, that's if you game. don't repent, you yeah.
1: believe in yourself. That's what you're basically so, saying. I believe right. in myself and what I've been doing, right? And I don't believe that I need anything else or yeah. anybody. So in that repentance, you do that Then you start this belief in those ways. You have to start by trusting and surrendering. Then you have to start growing it. I have to put work into my faith. As you said, you know, you can plant seeds all day, but if you don't go out there and till the soil, if you don't go out there and pull the weeds, if you don't water them, if you don't fertilize them, it's just going to be a little seed in the ground that never does anything. Wither on the vine. Right, withering on the vine. And then moving it from the head to the heart. Like really saying, I I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you. And that's truly what Jesus wants. He doesn't want... A bunch of people just to stand in line and to say things just because he told us to say them. He wants people that do things from their heart because that's where the change and the difference makes it in the world. When you do something passionately, it's why when I'm speaking on this podcast, when you're doing your show and you're speaking, you feel the spirit moving through you. You believe in all of this, and you want others to believe so badly that that this passion comes out of your heart. And so that's what we're trying to get people to realize today. Now, guys, you know we mentioned at the beginning of the show there's a lot of things that we're doing to help with this again I want to mention the parish missions you know this is an opportunity to go in to help other people start to believe what is is true what Jesus said and that Jesus is who he says he is so keep that in mind you can go to the website again at just a guy the and we can help your parish and your parishioners start to believe more the second thing again is the narrow road you know you want to start believing the narrow road is a is a great way to do the work each and every day it's something that's going to keep you on point. It's got those opportunities for grace in your life where morning prayer, mass, confession, adoration, all these sacraments which Jesus gave us that show us that he wants a personal relationship, right? God loves you so much, he puts someone in a room with you to tell you that you're forgiven. So you never have to doubt that. You know, we look at all of the Eucharist itself, which you love to talk about so much. Here is my very body and my strength so that you can do the things I've called you to do. So you have these opportunities, and then every day you're trying to live this virtue out in your life. We need those habits as men. Let's be honest. When we don't form habits, we sit around and we get fat and lazy and happy and we fall to vice and everything, (laughs) right? So we've got to build these good habits. You can do that by going to the narrow road. Deacon Jeff, thank you for joining me again. Oh, my pleasure. For those of you who love to hear Deacon Jeff, and I know you probably want him on here more, we're going to try to do some more of that when we get the studio up too. But please, go and check out what he does at thecatholiccafe.com. He's had a wonderful podcast, and it'll be something that really helps you in your life. Thank you. Yep. So, guys, I can hear that music. It's time to take all of this to prayer and to start truly believing in Christ and what he can do in our lives. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, a central piece in the process of becoming your disciple is belief. After repenting, we have to allow conversion to take place by coming to know you help us to step out in faith and trust that you are who you say you are and that you want the best for us. And Lord, once we've come to believe in you, allow us to move that belief from the head to the heart so that we could truly begin to follow you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.